Hello friend, I'm John Carter, just back from Ukraine, where for the glory of God, we had the largest Christian baptism in the history of the nation. That was back a few years ago, but I'm going to tell you today the real situation, the inside story of what is happening today in Ukraine. Welcome to the Ukrainian experience. I'm John Carter. Welcome to the Carter Report. Hello, friend. I'm John Carter in Moscow. I'm standing here at the very center of the Russian nation. I'm in Red Square. Behind me is St. Basil's Cathedral. And over here is the Kremlin. It's amazing I'm able to talk to you from Red Square today. This is by the grace of God. I'm here today to preach the everlasting gospel of Christ. I first came here in 1991. It was my privilege to run the first ever evangelistic campaign in the old Soviet Union. And we saw thousands of people come to Christ. I've been back here 43 times. We have run campaigns right across Russia and all around Ukraine. We've seen millions of people come to our meetings and hundreds of thousands of people come to Christ. I'm asking you today to continue to support the work of God here in the lands of the former Soviet Union. The need is greater than ever before. In the name of Jesus, please write to me. John Carter, Post Office Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. In Australia, please write to me at the address at Terrigal. I've been taking meetings the last few days. And from here, I go on to Ukraine to preach the gospel of Christ. Thank you for your magnificent support. Please write to me today. And I want to say to you, in the name of Jesus, thank you, thank you, and thank you. Welcome to the Carter Report. We're talking today about Ukraine and what's going on in that nation that is sort of being torn to pieces because of the war. I'm so glad to have with me today my wife, Beverly. Beverly, welcome today to the Carter Report. Thank you for having me here. You've been my partner in this great work for many, many years. Do you remember the great campaign we had in Ukraine? I certainly do. Kiev, it was such an exciting time. As always, we advertise on TV for a couple of weeks before the actual program begins. And because of that, we had thousands of people coming to the meetings. An actual fact they told us, now we didn't go out and count one by one ourselves, but we were told that there were about 100,000 people outside the Palace of Sport trying to get in. That's what the government said. And, and <laughs> yeah, and there were so many people, they had to stop the uh, train from running, that, which was nearby the Palace of Sport, so that no more people could come. But that, that was just something. It was the, the hand of God, and it was amazing. Now, this is going to test your memory, Beverly, which I'm sure is better than mine. Do you remember the turmoil that shook the nation as we commenced those meetings? Well, because of the television ads, the, that brought the attention and all the newspapers were talking about it. 
And of course, this in turn upset the Orthodox Church, which wanted to prevent the meetings. And in the video which we have just shown, you were there on the streets of the bishop who actually said, these meetings will not take place only over my dead body. And you can tell that story because you were yeah. actually there. Yeah, that was not a good thing he said. No, it wasn't. He said the meetings will go ahead only over my dead body. And in the video that we've shown, that's exactly what happened. It was over his dead body. But those meetings went ahead for the glory of God. And Beverly, you remember because you were there, we had the largest baptism in the history of the Ukrainian nation when three and a half thousand precious souls were baptized in the cold, polluted waters of the Dnieper River. Glory be to God. What days? Now, you've just come back, as you said. Can you tell us how the believers are doing? When I go back, and I've been to these countries now 43 times, you've been dozens and dozens of times. You've been tremendously faithful. When I go back, my heart is just about torn out of my chest because of the love and the, the emotion that is generated when I go to these places. I go to the churches now that we help to establish. I meet with thousands and thousands of people that we baptized. Beautiful young people, old people. I'm just overwhelmed. And I, I just want to say to our supporters who are watching the telecast, under God, you made it possible. Now, we may not agree with the policies of the Russian government or the policies of the Ukrainian government. That doesn't matter. We go for the saving of souls. And you, my dear friend, made it possible. And you helped to make it possible too, Beverly. Now, you were telling me that we have a shortage of churches. Now, tell us about that, how some of the people have to worship in these very difficult situations. When I was there, it was cold. Now, I know we don't live in, we live in Southern California. We don't know really what cold is. If it gets down to freezing here, we, oh, we think it's the, yeah. you know, terrible. But when I left Kiev just a few days ago, it was minus 18 degrees. When I was speaking out of doors in Russia only two weeks ago, it was minus 25. Your eyes freeze over and uh, saliva runs from your mouth and it turns into ice. And instead of articulating clearly, I ended up, and anybody would, you find it hard to talk because you're freezing. Can you imagine worshipping in a church? No, no, I'm sorry, it's not a church. Because in Russia and Ukraine, yeah. most of our believers don't have churches. Why is that? Why don't we have more churches? Well, you tell me. They don't have churches. They don't have the money. Now, there are some people who are tremendously wealthy. But as David pointed out to me, an obvious truth, our people, the middle class, are poor. They're, a lot of them are almost starving to death. They don't have churches. Now, we have helped to build some beautiful churches. Our supporters helped the Carter Report to build some magnificent churches, which is centuries of hope in those desolate lands. Do you, do you think this is one of the reasons we lose some people? 
because of their, their, well, their, let their me sit, sitting Let holes. me tell you what a pastor told me. He said they rent, uh, not churches, they rent buildings, movie theatres, uh, yeah, decrepit, was... we've been in these dirty old halls. And he said it was minus 10 outside on this Sabbath morning and it was minus 10 inside the building. Our believers are sitting in a building that is minus 10 degrees and then the electricity went off. Mm. He said to me, the power failed. He said they were sitting there in total blackness. It amazes me that anyone stays. How many Americans, how many Australians would go to church if inside the building it was minus 10 degrees and they had no electricity, it was in total blackness. Now we need in Australia and in this great land of America where we are privileged to live, we need to help the struggling church in Russia and Ukraine. And, 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 and don't say to me, you know, uh, the government is bad. We, 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 we're not interested in the government. We're not interested in the politics. We are interested in the souls of the people. Just imagine if Jesus had said, I'm not going to go down to that planet because I don't like the Roman government. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all would have gone to hell. Jesus came to seek and to save the, the lost and he came into uh, hostile territory. And therefore, we need to be doing more to give these people sanctuaries of hope. I agree. And I've always felt, and I know other people feel the same way, that when you go to these places and you see the needs mm. and you come back home to such wonderful countries that we live in. Yeah, we're blessed. And, and you think, you know, why were they born there? Why was I born here? And, this, and the reason, you know, we don't know why, but I do know that as Christians, we have a responsibility to help those people that live in other places. Beverly, last Sunday, I think it was, the believers took me to a building that we can buy. Uh, we're going to run video of this. I want the folks to see this. We can buy this. We can make it a sanctuary for three churches. Get these people out of minus 10 degrees. Get them into a place where the children can come, where the old yeah, women can come, wonderful. where the young people can come. Yeah. We can buy it for $350,000. Well, that's not so much. It's a lot if you don't have it. To us in America. No, but it's a lot if you don't have it. I'm just appealing to our people who are watching the telecast. Help us in the name of God to provide a sanctuary of hope for, for our believers in the former Soviet Union. Some of them are worshipping in, in not churches, but in buildings where it's... Uh, Beverly, he told me, minus 10. I spoke out of doors where it was minus 10. 10. I went to church in Russia where one, one day it was minus 25. Yeah, that's cold. You and I would freeze. Thank God 3ABN in Russia established the Christian Cultural Center. Thank God for the vision of Danny Shelton. They've got a church there now and I preached in that church. More than a thousand people there. All these beautiful young people, by the grace of God, we must be the, uh, the servants of Christ and we must seek 
uh, to save that which was lost. Yeah. Well, as you often say, God blesses us so that we can bless others. Yes. And we take with one hand, but we give with the other hand. That's why God gave us two hands. Yes. Let me try to answer your question. You asked me, why do people leave the church? Well, we know there are many reasons why people leave the church. But I have returned to Russia, and you've gone with me most of the occasions. I've gone back 43 times because I don't believe in evangelism that just goes to a place and makes a big noise, takes a lot of pictures, comes back and publishes it all in church papers and never goes back. So we've run, uh, I think we've run 15 or 16 major evangelistic campaigns in the former Soviet Union. And that's not talking about smaller campaigns that only lasted for a week or two. But by the grace of God, we keep going back. We have not only an evangelistic interest in the souls of these people, you and I, Beverly, have a pastoral interest in their souls. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? To tell them about Jesus and to give them hope for the future because many of them still don't have a lot of hope. There's a lot of wealthy people and they're doing okay, but the average person still has a battle from day to day and they're the ones we need to tell about Jesus to give them hope that there is a better future ahead. You're watching the Carter Report and we're talking about the Ukrainian experience. I've just come back from Russia and Ukraine. We don't go to these countries because we believe in their governments. We go there because we believe in the gospel of Christ and we believe in the people. Uh, I'm asking you, friend, in the name of Jesus, please support this work. Help us to build a church. I can buy it for 300, I can buy a building for $350,000 now and get our believers in out of the cold where they're worshipping in dirty buildings where the temperature is minus 10 degrees. Please write to me. And we'll be back after this special message. I've just come from Russia via Switzerland and I'm now in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. This place has got huge memories for me because back in 95, we ran a campaign in this city and in spite of terrific opposition, by the grace of God, we baptized 3,530 precious souls in the Dnieper River. I'm back here today because I believe that we need to take care of the people we baptize. I don't believe it's right to baptize people and then to walk away and to leave them literally in the cold. When I read my Bible, I find where the Apostle Paul went back time after time to visit the people that he had baptized. And so I'm back here today for the 43rd time in Russia and Ukraine together to visit the people. I'm back here to preach the gospel of Christ. I'm back here to explain the word of God and let these people know that they are not forgotten and never will be forgotten. We believe that there is a tremendous opportunity for the preaching of the gospel of Christ in this part of the world. The soul hunger 
still exists. And uh, the Carter Report has got a goal to take the gospel of Christ to the people of Russia and the people of Ukraine. I just want to say to you, dear friend, my heart is overwhelmed with thankfulness for your magnificent support. Thank you in Jesus' name. Welcome back to the Carter Report. We're talking about the Ukrainian experience. I've just come back from an extended visit to Russia and Ukraine. So glad to have you with me, Beverly. You're such a great blessing to this ministry and to the people of Russia and Ukraine. Do you remember what happened at Chernobyl? Well, I wasn't actually there when it, the disaster happened, but we were there not long after. And when we were in Kiev, I met with one of our young pastors who pastored the church just outside of Chernobyl. There was, of course, a big perimeter around it, but outside of that, people were still living. It was still dangerous, dangerously mm. high with radiation. Hellhole. And he looked sickly, and I said to him, you know, how is your health? And he said, it's, it's not good, and my doctor has told me he was only young, I'd say probably in his 30s. He said that my doctor has told me if I want to have a long life that I need to leave. And I said, well, why don't you leave? And he said, how can I leave the people? Yeah. He said, I can't. He said, these are my people. If they've lost everything and they have no money to move, so I will stay with them. And uh, unfortunately, I mean, I don't know whether he is still alive, but I, I doubt it. I'll never forget him because he brought a busload of people every night to the Kiev campaign. Yeah, As wonderful. you know, we baptised, glory be to God, three and a half thousand people in that campaign. Uh, we had so many people come to the meeting, you know, a hundred thousand turned away. But let's get back to Chernobyl. Yep. Can you tell me about the babies. Yes, well, the young pastor took me to a children's hospital and an orphanage close again to the perimeter, just outside the perimeter, yeah. where people could still live, which they shouldn't have been, no, but still they still dangerous. were. And uh, I was taken into this round room, I'll never forget it. Um, in most of the orphanages and hospitals that I visited in every city that we went to, they were clean and usually quite well looked after, even they were in great need of medications and other supplies. But this one, it had a round table and I could hear the babies were moaning and, and crying and it was just so sad and there was a stench in this room that I'll never forget. Goodness. And the lady with me, the director, she said, these babies all have some kind of brain damage How awful. because of the radiation that had affected the parents mm. and there was nothing they could do for them. And in that, at that time, I mean, I, I, I don't know whether things have gotten any better, but they were, you know, very bad then. So then I went, they took me over to the orphanage and uh, where a lot of the children, they were young ones too, who had uh, heart defects and other De uh, defects because of the radiation from their parents. And now when I got back to the hotel that night, I told you about what I had seen. Yes. And we both decided when we got back to the States, we said we're going to try and do something to help this orphanage and this hospital. And so we got back to the States and we had some dear friends in Oregon 
and they had uh, contact with some hospitals and uh, pharmaceutical companies and together we were able to get 24,000 pounds worth of medications and medical supplies. But then of course we thought, well, how do we get them to Kiev? Mm. And uh, dear friends, they also had some contacts with the US military. And so they contacted the US military, the Air Force, mm. and the message came back to us, well, if you can get permission to land in Ukraine, in Kiev, because it hadn't been yeah. done before. Asking us. Then we'll go. The US and, Air Force asking us. Yeah, asking yeah. us. And then I think you know the rest of the story because you helped to get permission. Well, we got permission for the first ever landing uh, since uh, communism of a US military aircraft in Ukraine. It was a Hercules. It was amazing. Uh, a miracle. A, a huge you know? plane and, and the staff, the captain and all of those Americans were mighty ambassadors for, for God and for the nation. And they brought over, what was it, 24,000 24, pounds. 24,000 yeah. pounds get for the back, suffering people. But you went back on a commercial flight and you were there yes. at the airport when the pla with yes, some of, of our, our Kiev dignitaries yeah, and our church leaders yeah. when the Hercules came in, this yes. big US plane, yes. and it, that was really something what, to see, and we've got some pictures uh, of it. Glory be to God. Beverly, let me bring you into a, a dirty little secret. I hope it's not too dirty. Well, it's <laughs> dirty in the sense that it's, it shows the extent of the awfulness of sin. In Russia and Ukraine, you've got about 1% or 2% at the top, and they're wealthy. They have great motor cars and great homes, but the vast majority of the people are in poverty. Mm -hmm. So that's the dirty little secret. People don't realise this. They don't realise the, the, the terrible poverty that our believers still are yes. in in these yeah. countries. Yeah. And I was talking to a man who was running a, a wonderful Christian outreach in Kiev and he told me he's got these young people working for him and I said, how, how, how can you pay them? He said, with great difficulty. I said, how much are you paying them? He said, some of them $40 a month, some of them $50 a month. But when you go down to the supermarket, it's like going to America. Everything's expensive. Yes, and, and so it's, it's burning in my soul. I'm not going to give up on these people because God didn't give up on me. No, that's right. And I know the poverty and I know the hunger and I know uh, the awful distress of people worshipping in dirty halls. That's how dirty it gets. And outside it's minus 10, inside it's minus 10. And they've got no electricity. And they took me to a place that we can buy for three churches for $350,000. And so I say to the people watching, in the name of God, is there not a cause? As it says in the Bible, is it nothing to you or you who pass by? We need to do something for our, our young people and the babies. Don't worry about these governments. These governments may be bad. We don't care about the governments. We care about the people. Well, that's right. And we ask God for help and he... And God, God never is, fails. And God is faithful. Mm. We've run campaigns, as you know, in most of the great Russian cities, also in Kiev, 
uh, Odessa, Nepropetrovsk, Kharkov, Zaporozhia. Yeah. Uh, what, what experience, what does that bring into your mind? Well, mostly, of course, it brings in the people. Because mm. once they hear the good message, they hear the gospel message, it just changes them. And these people, even though they haven't got much, they, they're so generous and they're so loving. I don't know, this is one thing that we, we didn't speak about back when, when you were preaching yes. and these are on these stages, they would mm. bring flowers oh. by the bucket pools. Yeah. Yeah, they were the tulips <laughs> and roses. Yes. They loved their gardens. Yes. And uh, they were always full of flowers. Now, another thing, in Nipropetrovsk, I went to an orphanage there and they had 300 babies. In Kiev, uh, Ukraine and Russia, they had their orphanages. They would keep the children, from, say, from birth to three, three to six, six, so forth. And on this, in this one, they needed a, a hot water system, a steriliser and some diapers. Mm. And we were able to help them with that. Now, I know you also, in Odessa, you had something that happened miraculously with a baby. Could you tell us about that? They took me to a hospital. It was cold and dark, and damp and dreary. They brought out a little baby boy. They said he's going to die in the next few hours. And the mother was there. And the old babushka nurse was, gave me the baby. And Vadim Budhoff was with me. And we anointed that baby in the name of the Lord. And when I went back a little while later, I was met by the mother and the little baby boy who was then running around. Healed by God, Beverly. Can I tell you a secret? Yes. Here's a secret, just between you and me. Don't you folks listen. We need to do something for these young people. Hmm. We've seen thousands of young people come to Christ. But these young people need desperately spiritual help. They've asked me to go back and run a series of evangelistic meetings, especially focused on the needs of young people in Russia and Ukraine. And they're so eager to work, aren't they? Because yes. as you said, yes. three ABN in Russia and then Hope in Ukraine. Yes. They're mostly young people and they work, that are doing they, the work. And they Hope and three ABN working together over there. But I want to say to the people watching the program, listen, my friend, we've got to build sanctuaries of hope. Are you listening to me? We've got to get the believers in out of these Arctic conditions. I can buy a building now that will take care of three churches in Kiev. It will cost $350,000. Please, in the name of God, help me. And something else help us to run a big evangelistic campaign, not only for old folks, but for the young people. The young people who are becoming mesmerized by the lights of the world. But I spoke to so many young people, I, I saw their faces, they came to me. Please support this work. Support the work of God in the lands of the former Soviet Union, please. Write to me. John Carter and Beverly Carter. Post Office Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. My Aussie friends, I want to hear from you. Please write to me, John Carter, and to my wife, Beverly Carter, at the address in Terrigal. Help us to build sanctuaries of hope in the former Soviet Union 
and help us to light a gospel fire for the salvation of thousands of souls. Help us to save the babies. Help us to save these beautiful young people. Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. Thank you for your partnership in the gospel of Christ. God bless you.